Oh, it's Happy birthday, birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, I'm old. Tyrus. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, Tyrus. Salud. I made it 50. I ain't, got, I ain't got a thing in my cup, but I'm going to toast you anyhow. Here, have some of this. Do we have a bottle here? Yes. Yeah, you talking? Hey, my mom, my da- my mom's daughters told uh, told her that I wouldn't live past fourteen. I think they were right mentally, but uh, <laughs> now I'm fifty. So you. hey, who cares? Now look at you. They said you shouldn't live past like <laughs> she should have done something about it. <laughs> he should not live past fourteen because it's going to be trouble. He was not raised right. <laughs> Because of the heart condition? Yeah, I was born with a hole in my heart, and they said I probably wouldn't live past puberty. And I think I've had about 14 puberties. You've been pubic as long as as I've known you. Another something in the water podcast. I'm Uncle Dave Griffin. I'm Sean Clark, and we're here with Vincent Tang and Ty Manning, two friends. Good to have from you way all. back. Thanks for having us. Cheers. This is uh, salute. Salute. Cheers. Salute. This is uh, Ty's second visit with us, and and Vincent's first visit with us. Everything going well with y'all? Pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested in knowing how the two of y'all came to meet. Uh, What was it? I don't know whose story. I I, I met. I don't know if you were first. Yeah, I don't know if you were at this party where. Remember when John stole his mom's minivan and knocked out his teeth and all that good stuff. Was this back when we were in high school? When y'all were in high school. Yeah, and he ran into the house. Yeah. this uh, is yeah, no like Pauly. I was supposed to be John at that party, but I, I didn't make yeah. it. John Doe. <laughs> like, got in a lot of legal we trouble. leave it at John. Okay. But he, he came over there kind of where Harris Teeter is and went through a house and knocked out all his teeth. But long story short, that same night, um, one of my college roommates, was, who was that's from White Cross, was having a party, and he hired a band to play, and it was Charlie Chastain, Paul Lee, and Brett Heron. <laughs> And that's pretty much my old band. So I like I showed up at the party, crashed it, and I was already at UGA. And um I was like started playing a bunch of Hendrix honk, Hendrix covers and whatnot. And John and Will Will Thrift and a bunch of friends that Tang, I don't even know if you were there. I don't know if no, you were there. But, I didn't make it to that party. But I, I was met supposed a, to ride with John that night. Good thing I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Luckily. Wow. No, but long story short, is they I met them all that night. And then I said, I told John, I was like, yeah, when y'all get up to Athens, give me a call. And then like four or five years later, I get this call. I was like, hey, or I was playing a gig actually. With Skillet. And with my band Skillet and Tonj and Will had showed up and they're like, 
we remember you. You played at Josh Sweat's house, and the night I got in a bunch of trouble, and yeah, I was like, well, let's. And that night I had gotten a fight with my bass player, and I was like, don't you play bass? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. So John joined the band, and then I kind of inherited a whole side of Way, other side of Waycross as friends, and. Tonge already had an entourage with them. Oh that's, yeah, that's the Tonge boys. There's like, there's how many of them are there? Only uh, th three brother, four brothers all together. One sister, oldest sister. And they, and they all came to Georgia, and I think their dad bought a house, and they all. Uh, he he's preacher at uh, Grace. Grace Episcopal, Grace Episcopal. So they live yeah. in a parsonage that was in my neighborhood. Well, like neighboring neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, so, Where did you grow up? I grew up here. I mean, uh, what part? Um, I'm off of uh, Central Avenue. Really? He's very yeah, close so to his parents. Close. Yeah, and no, I'm I, by the the Mormon Church over there. Okay, Church of yeah. Latter-day Saints, and, uh, Central, yeah, right right behind Mormon Church. And yeah, John, the Tonjas lived walking distance from you. Uh huh. Yeah, in that little neighborhood right by your house. Mm. Now, but when they all moved <laughs> up there. <clears throat> I'd been in Athens for four, four or five years, and so I kind of had a, a lay of the land. So I kind of adopted all these guys when they moved up there, and kind of how much older halfway you? took care of them. I think I'm what about ten years? Are you? Yeah. Excuse me. I mean, oh, oh, really? about I'm, ten years older than all ten them. Ten years you're, older. Than you're fifty. <clears throat> yeah, I turned fifty at midnight tonight. At midnight. Yeah. yeah. Folks, we're recording this on June seventh. Seventh. Yeah. It is now June 7th. This episode should appear probably around August, sometime in August. But uh, uh, let it be known that, <laughs> let it be the history of tonight, <laughs> you, what, you turn 50? I turn 50 at, at midnight, midnight, which is going to be June 8th. June 8th. And this is uh, the address over here, ADD moment, is the address here is, is 608. It's a 608 so, address that we're recording. <laughs> so we Don't thought that was kids. a little bit risky. And uh, he's turning 50, but I'm turning 68 later this year. Holy so crap. Six, oh, uh, this is when Bill and Ted bust in. We need to play the lottery. Yeah. Hey, so, speaking of the lottery, I bought like 62 lottery tickets about two weeks ago. You should have bought 68. <laughs> that's where I went that's wrong. What went Crap. That's where Bill and Ted comes in. It's like, you got to buy 68, dude. <laughs> did, did it do you any good? No. Nah, well, I had it about as graduation gifts, but I don't think oh, okay. nobody won anything. But they would have told you, wouldn't they? Yeah, I'm sure they would have been like, hey. Come back and said. I told them they had to help me pay off my, all my debt if they win. <laughs> that's something Not, uh, that I don't do. I'll tell you, I'm going to do a disclaimer here how this happened. Um, I haven't seen Vincent in a long time or any of y'all in a long time because of this whole pandemic thing. Mm -hmm. Plus, uh, Vincent's living up in New York City, but we went we went to eat the other day. New and, York uh, City. We went to eat the other day. And we're like, we should get together and jam and just hang out and catch up. And then this is sort of what happened out of us that having a jam. We're like, where are we going to jam? And um, well, I'm at staying with at the podcast. So this is sort of, I think we should, our goal for this should be let's capture catching up on a microphone. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting that? if we. Uh, a tank stash. Tank stash. 
And uh, I can't say anything about it. Yeah, you actually have one. This is great. So tell us. Zoom in on this luxurious tank stash. Tell us the story behind Tang Stash. Uh, well, Tang Stash, was it Mac that came up with oh. it? Corked. Ew. Yeah, we had a, we got a bunch of buddies up there and uh, got a corkscrew. He pushed. Yeah, it down. the Tang Stash phenomenon was Vincent was our buddy and he is. Are you a black belt in karate? Uh, kung Fu, but it's like even though it's there's no belt system, it's a we can't. We don't have to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just saying. We just one of our buddies, one of the drinking buddies, was like, "Vincent should grow a mustache," and they're like, "Yeah, that'd be great." And then we tried to get him to do it. I don't think he could actually do it for a long time, right? Well, I refused to because whenever whenever I saw any Asians have a mustache, it looks like they were in a '70s porn video. <laughs> so I was like, I, I think don't, that's why we wanted that's them to have one. You know, it's like. It's it's appalling. I'm never gonna do this, you know. So that's why I refused for the longest time. And then they thought it was funny, you know. Um, John and well, not not, not John Tange, but uh, John and Jawa Ninja. Yeah, Ninja Mac, man, Mac Williams, man. who's also from from this these neck yeah, of the woods. Yeah, y'all need to do a podcast with them two guys. That'd be yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, we tell them tell them. He's about from Mike's from Blackshear. <laughs> yep. Yeah. His daddy's the uh, editor, right? Robert? Right. Yep. Yes, sir. Yeah. But um, I think it was. <clears throat> yeah, they they just started. They they. I mean, it was mostly just to fuck with me, honestly. But it was. Yeah, I mean, it was it was ongoing for a while, and then then they started to make. Uh, they made graphics, stickers. stickers <laughs> sticking them everywhere. It's like a cartoon of you with a yeah. mustache. Yeah. Caricature that Mac wrote. Uh, that Mac drew, and then. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then what did what else what else was there? It turned into they it turned into a music festival because it was like Tang was <laughs> Vincent was like, well y'all been fucking with me for so long about it. Uh, let's turn it into something cool. And I yeah. think we had a couple of music festivals right. and yeah, because it was because uh, every time when we went anywhere uh, to the bars or uh, around Atlanta or Athens, they would just go to some random person and say, hey, you see that you see that dude over there? Say just yell Tang. Grow mustache. So every time oh. we're out there, they're like, "Hey Tang," and I look over, grow mustache. I'm like, "Fuck you!" I mean, it's like that was just constant. And so, but they, they just got a kick out of it, and uh, yeah. It, but it, it's it went on for about a year or two, and then I was like, "What is this?" It's like, "Why are you?" And then, "What's the whole point in this th- of this?" And uh, if if it's if people are noticing, why don't we do something good, you know, yeah. with it? And so we started doing the charity concerts. That's awesome. And so it was like Tang Stash presents, you know. Yeah, it was, but, but it got so bad you actually grew a mustache. I mean, I, I got I got <laughs> bored. I mean, was, uh, I was pushing thirty five, I guess. I was like, ah, whatever. I gotta I gotta change <laughs> in New York. Dig it. Well, uh, I I have to say it looks mighty good. <laughs> you know, isn't yeah. it? I wish I had one of the old stickers. Look inadequate. <laughs> You, went, yes. you look like the sticker. You know? Yeah, if you have the sticker, you can just compare it. <laughs> now, when you sit right next to, to the video, this, I can yeah. see there's, there's a sense of inadequacy. We, we look, yeah, we look, we look a little different. <laughs> different gnomes. Gnomes. No, but uh, uh, the first time I saw the Tang stick, sticker, Mac, I think it was Mac, Mac and Ninja both, they were walking, we were bar hopping in Athens, and they both had clipboards. 
And both clipboards had a Tang stash sticker and then just a Tang sticker. Right. And they would just walk up to pretty girls or anybody who was in the bar and be like, which one is more appealing? And they'd be like, <laughs> checks. <laughs> like, we're going to start a petition and see how many checks we can get. And then, then it was like, it's probably about two decades, because Athens doesn't clean well in the bars, bathrooms and stuff. There's probably yeah. two decades where you couldn't go to the bathroom or go to a toll booth or anywhere else. Is stickers. there a way we can find yeah. that? On, it's online. Online. If, if you could just yeah. Google you, what what do you yeah, do? Just Google Tank Stash. Yeah. Yeah. Tank Stash. What's sad is about two years ago I had I had open heart surgery and I was I got out and the first place we went because I was with my mom we went to some thrift store in Atlanta and we're like we. Going in the little, uh, I guess, the little back room where you try on clothes, and there's a bunch of there's just a tank stash sticker in the dressing room. I'm like, my first venture out, and I'm at a yard sale store with my mom, and there's a tank stash sticker in here. I was like, our work here is done, kids. That's awesome. Well, speaking of uh, uh, <laughs> random moments uh, where things appear that you have been a part of. Tell the story about when you were out in Portland, Oregon, I believe it was, or someplace up in Washington. You were on vacation. I think it was you and Scotty trained out there. Did you take a train out there? Yeah, we went. Uh, there? Yeah, me and Scotty had a – well, Scotty, y'all know Scotty. He's like my, my brother. But- Scotty Nicholson, the keyboard play, the correct effect. Yeah, mm-hmm. Scotty. What? Well, he's got so many nicknames. It's hard to pick one. Obi Wan Kenobi. Oki Wan Fanoki. Wan Fanoki. Now, but Scotty's like always. He's we're obsessed with trains. We've written a couple train songs, and he's always like, "I've always had this dream to drive across the country on a train." And so I was like, "Well, let's." My my nieces graduated from school and got jobs out in San Francisco. And Scotty was, we're nerding out one day. We're like, what are we going to do over the summer? And we're like, I was like, I want to go see Jamie and Jessica in San Francisco. <clears throat> and Scotty's like, there's a train that runs from San Francisco. <laughs> he like already knew it. And he's like, well, let's let's book it. So we booked a train. We we, uh, we went to San Francisco. And uh, they, uh, they were talking about Patreon. They worked at Patreon. And we actually right. did a show, released our album in the Patreon headquarters. And mm-hmm. Did all that and then uh, hopped around San Francisco a couple of days. And then we got on the train and went to Portland. And we crashed out with our good friend Count Kellum from Athens, who's living in Portland now. Or he got us a couple of gigs up there. I actually stayed on one of my former students' couches for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, it was just really good. We drove on this train, but the train ride was amazing. Because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, we were a bunch of... <clears throat> country western singer dudes singing about trains we're actually on a train going through the woods <laughs> and scotty I, I slept we're on the train like 17 18 hours and i slept because scotty just drank and looked out the window the whole time <laughs> and y'all know him you know, you know i'm not lying it yeah was like, yeah was... i woke up one morning and goes you missed it man <laughs> you missed it there were stars earlier and now there's a sun <laughs> no, but he was i got a picture of scotty like reflection in the mirror, looking at with all the trees and mountains and stuff. Oh man! And of course, Scotty's got a map going. We just pound Mount so and so. He was nerding out, but we had a great time, man. Yeah, he was. He's first time I I learned about his uh, 
I guess his fascination or uh, his knowledge about trains is uh, <laughs> when we met, we were in Normal Town. You guys, are, Skillet was playing and over in uh, what's that bar in, in Normal Town? Allen's. Allen's. Allen's Hamburgers. And it was after it was after the show. We were hanging out. And he was just talking about Waycross. He's like, you know, you know the name of the of Waycross, where Waycross got its name. And he gave us oh, a history yeah. about that. And he's like, yeah, and, and you know, I grew up just learning about trains with his dad or something, right? Yeah. And um, did you know that about Scott? I didn't. Hey, Scotty, and, I didn't. Wait, but, he, but the crazy thing was like, we were. It was after the show. We were drunk. We were hammered and. He had this idea. He's like, hey, I know this train trestle that's about 10, 15 minutes away. <laughs> and I'm like, you guys want to go? He's like, sure, let's go. And then we got there and, you know, we we I, we saw the train trestle and I'm like, the gaps were like at least a foot apart. I was like, we're going to cross this because, you know. Yeah. And he said, yeah. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to sober up really quick here because uh, all I can think about when I saw it. It reminded me of uh, Stephen King's Stand By Stand Me. Stand By Me. Stand and I was like, is, do we know when these trains are coming? <laughs> I was like, do I need to crawl train. across the train? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, we would do that. Sometimes we'd run just thinking the train was coming, and then we'd... Yeah. But one time, I don't it know if you were over there. We great. went over there one time, and there was some horse that got out of a field. So we got across the track, and we're like, holy crap, this is a horse. And Scotty's like, give it some beer. <laughs> So like three or four in the morning with a gallon and, the, and Allen's would let they didn't have um actual beer it's just tap so they would give you like a sweet tea jug like a gallon Pitcher. jug full of to go beer yeah which is probably at breaking every rule that you can break yeah we we did that back in the 70s <laughs> at uncle sam's they would provide us with go beer <laughs> to go beer yeah growlers before it was a thing now that we've had a Scotty, the first time I met Scotty, he was playing with another another band that we went to see a lot, and we're like, we're gonna steal that guy. So we we met him at an open mic night, and uh, or we got. Do you remember the name of the band? Uh, he, he was, was playing him. with Jennifer Nettles. I guess it was Soul Miner's daughter <laughs> at the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I and, saw uh, him. Well, we don't need to talk about her. She's That's probably the she's first. a whole another podcast. Yeah, the no, first time I think I ever saw met Scotty was at uh, Whitfield, Whitfield upstairs playing yeah, for yeah. Nettles played. Yeah, they were the so 90s, they were so good. No, but we were gonna 90s. steal them. So I, I said, Scotty, I'm coming over. We're gonna jam. We're gonna I'm gonna play you some songs I've written and see what happens. And he said, Cool, come on over. And I told me where he lived. And I knocked on the door and he's like, Here, come on in. And I walk in and there's like. Stacks of diff three or four different ma locomotive magazines, mm. and he, he's like, "I'm in the back." I went in the back, and he's sitting there drinking beer, what doing a a train simulator. Like, I'm riding on That's a train. <laughs> this like, is Scotty. Yeah, he's addicted. Damn, I mean, he never shared that with us. And I yeah, we're probably gonna. He's probably gonna be all embarrassed in now. Train but. town, and he's never. He's never came up to me and said, so about these trains? Uh, I think that's why he comes to Waycross. It's not Can us. you get me in? Yeah. <laughs> no, but we were writing, when we were writing Rain Don't Stop the Trains, he's like, you can't say CSS. Say Seaboard Line. Like He's like being a nerd about it, yeah. which is cool. Mm -hmm. Graham Griffin helped y'all write Oh, yeah, song. yeah. Well, we had a song where we're doing one verse. We need, it was one of those, like, we need one more verse. 
And Graham's like, let's go sit on your tailgate in the parking lot. He came he up said, with the he, uh, he said biblical the, reference. Yeah, the, he put the Bethlehem verse in there, which yeah. is perfect. Because wasn't it like near Christmas? Yeah, yeah, I was like, that's how easy it is to write a song. You're like, you're, yeah. you're in the parking lot at a bar, and it's trains <laughs> on each side of you, and it's right near Christmas, and you write a verse about Budweiser Kings, <laughs> wise men. So, Scotty, we have to get Scotty on our Something in the Water podcast yep. very soon so y'all can see you do some Scotty who and what we're talking about here. Who this and what? Mr. Scotty. This guy's a talent. Not only will we discover something new about him tonight, that he loves trains, but he also obviously loves Toby Keith because... Uh, <laughs> Toby Keith had beer for the horses, beer for my horses. <laughs> you said Scotty told the beer t- bartender to uh, oh, yeah, pour yeah. a beer for the horse. Give the horse some beer. <laughs> this is another thing Scotty's got in common with Toby Keith. I got I'm a cool sure, Toby I'm Keith sure story. He don't like Toby Keith. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Was it Kobe Teeth? Kobe Teeth. No, but we're my sisters were having a, a Halloween party. It was right around Halloween. And they were uh, thinking, we'll have everybody dress up as their favorite celebrity. And we'll have like a red carpet and make it all fancy and stuff. And so one of my sister's friends looks just like Britney Spears. I think that's what speared the idea. And Heather's like, I can be Jennifer Aniston. And I'll be, you can be Britney Spears. And this guy can be Tiger Woods. And my brother can be Jack Black and all this stuff. And they were on the, they were coming back from a concert. And they have it on one of those big shuttle buses. Mm-hmm. Or Marta bus, I guess, in Atlanta. And this one guy goes, Can I come to y'all's party? And she's like, Yeah, if you dress up, who? And she's, he's like, Who do I look like? And he goes, You kind of look like that uh, less talk, more action dude, that country singer dude. And they all of his buddies busted out laughing. And she told Toby Keith he could come to the party if he dressed up as Toby Keith. Oh, it was really Toby yeah, Keith? Yeah, it was really Toby oh, Keith. Oh, wow. Oh, good. He, he didn't come, but I was just thought, <laughs> thought that was really funny. My ADD Toby Keith segue. So, talking about, uh, well, that was 90s, but attractive 80s ladies. Attractive oh, yeah. 80s women. Yeah. Women. Yeah, so. That was a band you were in. Yep, that was the band that we started. Um it was for one of the benefit concerts that we put together. We had uh, we had booked a, a few bands. One of them backed out last minute, and we were just thinking, who can we find at such short notice? And I think it was Mac um, that came up with the idea, and he said, "Hell, why don't we, I mean everybody plays music? Why don't we just start a band?" And I was thinking, you know, Mac, but you don't play anything. I was like, it's okay. I'll be your I'll be your charismatic front man. So that's who he was. You know, he's, he's not vocals. He's the, the charismatic front man. Uh, but yeah, so we, we got together, you know, um, my, my little brother, Patrick, he played a, a lead. I played rhythm, uh, had a couple of friends, got, got them together, played drums and bass. We had, we originally had Tanj uh, to play our, be our bass player and then uh, found somebody else. And, but, but yeah, he was the first, first bassist on a, in our band. And we had a keyboardist, um, Ernie, uh, she was in it, but yeah, it was just, uh, we started off because of the benefit shows that we put together. And, uh, it was originally for breast cancer, a, a breast cancer benefit. 
Mm-hmm. But then it was, uh, it became, uh, it, we changed it to the uh, Katrina hurricane benefit because it was that year, mm-hmm. I guess, 2004, yeah, 2005. But yeah. But y'all had a song called Fuck Brent. Fuck, Fuck breast, breast cancer. cancer. That's yeah. Right. So that's, <laughs> that's where, that was our first song. It was, and it was for the Susan. We, it was for come that on. breast cancer. Love Fuck breast cancer. Uh, come on. And that was, that was, that was, <laughs> there was no way you, you could get anybody. Even people who are going through breast cancer to stand up and cheer for that one. Yeah, well, because we, because the benefit shows that we had, we the money that we, you know, the money that we got from it. Um, we first one was donated to the Katrina Hurricane, uh, like to the Red Cross, and the the next two times we we were giving it to Susan G. Komen. but the last time they were like, um, they 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 realized what kind of music we played. And that song as well, and, and they said we'd no longer want to be affiliated with you. So oh, I didn't I was know like, all right, that. well, Screw we'll just up. move on and you know yeah. help well, out fuck, some other fuck you know organization organization money so. raising group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, no, we it, played it, a show with y'all or Newfanglers. Was it Newfanglers? I believe. Yeah, and it was in Brunswick. Brunswick. In yeah, Brunswick. yeah, that was. What is it that? called? The Lamp Lighter? It or was the, uh, uh, Swampwise Tour. Something Saloon. Yeah, I remember uh, that. Yeah, yeah, Bourbon Street. The, Bourbon that? Street Saloon. Okay. Or something. It was in the middle of a shopping center. Yeah, it was. Exactly. We had the my band and y'all's band. and You were, you were there, too. too. Yeah, we were there. I knew you were there, but you played the Swampwise Tour. Because we played at the Old Creek first. The Okie Finokie Joe Rice. What would that have been, y'all? Yeah, we played at the Old Golden Corral. Maybe mid Used to be the Golden Corral. Yeah. And then we... We played over in Brunswick. Yeah, I was probably yep. four. I was probably, I was, it was probably a decade ago, at least. Maybe longer. We're getting old, uh, man. Though that, you're talking about that show? show? Yeah, when was that show? That show was, I don't remember. It was before I left for New York. But uh, it's a brief I mean, it was blip maybe in my brain 13, 14 years right ago. now. I can just yeah. remember. I have forgotten about that completely until you said that. Mm-hmm. I can remember looking down and seeing the pedal <laughs> and wires. That's all I, I, I think that was, a, yeah, we we're talking about Johnny Cash, where we're, people were talking about Hurt. Mm-hmm. I think with, that was right around when Johnny Cash died, too, because I think Paul Lee was there wearing bibs and got in a fight with some, or somebody was wearing bibs, mm-hmm. was like, wanting to hear Hurt instead of John, instead of all these other Johnny Cash songs we were playing. Wow. Wow. My brain is not working. Or it works too much. I remember <laughs> that when you played at the Creek. Mm-hmm. Was the same week? Is that what you're saying? It was a yeah. It was because I was same at that show too. Because we we played the night before at the Golden Corral. Yeah, where Golden Corral used to be. <laughs> and then we played a Golden Corral. The next, like the I next day. No, it was, was a, it was Cypress Creek. Yeah, Cypress was, Creek. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mac had a laser tag. Yeah. Oh yeah, vest yeah, and yeah. helmet. That was part of our <laughs> part of our outfits. I remember in a cape. I remember when we were did all of y'all or just him? I can't remember. Uh, he like y'all all he, dressed he would, up. Yeah, he dressed up. Or he did. initially, you know, he he was the one that had his own little costume, but then it was like a group thing. Yeah. Uh, afterwards, and did, did each of you go by the name of a an attractive, attractive ladies? ladies one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so who were you? I was Mia Sarah from Ferris Bueller, um, okay. Sloan. Uh, Mac, what it was is Phoebe Cates. Yeah. Patrick yeah. is Christy Brinkley. Uh, was anybody Kelly LeBrock? Yeah, Kelly LeBrock was our original drummer. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
That's weird science, bro. Yeah, Tanj Ta- Ta- was Lisa right. Turtle. What's her name? Lisa Turtle from uh, Saved by the Bell. Uh, uh, Voorhees, something Voorhees. I forget her first <laughs> her name. Her name was Voorhees, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and then our bassist is uh, our, our after John was uh, is Shelly Long from Cheers. <laughs> Uh, who about was Tony Katan? She wasn't in yeah. there. Yes, yeah, Tanj was Tony Katan. Who? Tanj was Tony Katan. Uh, <laughs> backtrack. Christy Brinkley was was uh, Steve. <laughs> Patrick was actually uh, uh, <laughs> what's her name from Top Gun? Um, Kelly Lori. No. Uh, no. Why am I drawing a blank? Yeah, uh, Kelly John Travolta's wife. No, no, no. That's something Presley or Presley. That's right? Kelly Preston. Preston, right? You gonna I'll, Google it? I'll Google, Google it. it. Google it. <laughs> Here we are, folks. In the uh, sit around and Google with us. I got, I got to play with y'all one night at um, at the Claremont Lounge, and they're like. Kelly McGillis. Kelly McGillis. Yes. yes. Thank you. <laughs> and Matt, I remember Matt was saying, "You get to pick who you are," and I was like, "I was Lita Ford." Nice. Even though she was seventies, <laughs> we all had our shirts too. We we had photos of each of our alter egos on our shirts when we played. Um, you had and what? we had stickers too all, of our alter egos, like you know, Mia Sarah had a I had Mia Sarah on my t shirt. Uh, we had one uh, of y'all. After one I left, of y'all they had all stickers, had tattoos. You know, like, it's, it's pretty Ferris cool. Bueller's oh, girlfriend on your arm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember when we played that show in uh, in Brunswick. My dad and my mom were there, and I mean, I'm already in a band singing crazy songs. And uh, Attractive Avis was coming on. I warned my parents. I was like, "Yeah, this is going to be a little different." <laughs> and uh, the light they 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 started flickering the lights in the bar, and the band started, and they were like, "Like, where's Mac?" And then he comes out of the bathroom with like a siren going. Woo! <laughs> We've got the helmet and everything. I'm like, what in the world's going on in here? <laughs> but never a dull moment. Yep. Yeah, we had some pretty good that shows. Was... It was fun because that's all it was. <coughs> I mean, we we did it for fun. We never really cared mm-hmm. to to make it big or anything. We just whenever we had a chance to play somewhere, um, yeah, why not? You know, and that's that's, awesome. that's what it was all about, just to have fun. And one time. Uh, I had a friend named Don who weighs – He's everybody calls him Big Don. He's a really good guitar player guy. And I think I might have said this on my last podcast, but we've had a gig with him. We were called Front Butt. We, we formed a band called Front Butt just you know, to sing one, really funny songs. New story. Because we, we both had a bunch of funny songs, and I was like, we need to form a band just so we can keep up with attractive 80s women and <laughs> do a gig with them. But I think we, we booked it – when we booked a gig – we formed a band to book a gig. Uh, Big Don couldn't make it. It was at the Drunk Unicorn. Oh, and, okay. Uh, Big Don's car broke down or something. He couldn't get to the gig. And so when I got to the show, just because Vincent and Steve LeBate and Paul Lee was there and just in the crowd. And I just said, well, let's turn it. Instead of being a 500-something-pound acoustic duo, let's, let's put a rock band together. And we just faked our way through a bunch of songs. I got a video of that. Really? It's I like want to see it. Me and you, you got up and said, we did. Because I can't remember we did, that. I think we did like Voodoo Child and that oh, Rolling wow. Blunt song all mixed oh, together. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, Little please, Wing in the middle of it. Please share that with me. 
But long story short, the way we, we our, our two bands were intertwined, it was really fun. Yeah, every time, pretty much every time we had a show, we we asked you guys if you guys were free, um, especially for the benefit shows. And then that, that one time we played at, was it Transmetropolitan in Athens? Yeah, I forgot about that. Yep. And um, yeah, it was. Fun uh, this is how my mind is working. This uh, sixty-seven as it is. It's kind of, you know, kind of fits and starts, you know, uh, my starts fits. My synapses, my nerves fire off every now and then, and it just kind of shoot off <laughs> across it from this side to that. And, uh, okay, <laughs> so you said front butt, <laughs> and uh, I'm thinking we wrote a song when we spent the night in a St. Simon's or, or something kind of apartment, was that the same night we played this gig? Do y'all have a front yes, we, reference? it was. That was the same night we wow. played, okay. played the gig. <laughs> and we wrote a song called Front Shirt, Tucking. Shirt Front Tucking. Frat boys. Oh yeah, yeah. You were probably in the apartment too. Yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah, I was. Scotty I, I totally was part of. It. Oh man, and, you think that's like a Paul. cosmic? I said front butt, and you, you went said front, front butt. My mind went to that. And then I got front to hashing it out, thinking, well, we was all in an apartment. I know Scotty and yeah, you I were remember there. that. We were. I, I don't even know and whose house it, it been was. The same night that we played the gig yeah, with y'all, and was. it was like a brand new, um, a brand new apartment complex. I think we were. Where were was we? it? Mar I think it was uh, Scott and Marcy. Uh, I think it was some friends of ours, and they're like, "Let's go back to our yeah. new place." Yeah, yeah. I think Marcy, Marcy and Scott. Lord have mercy! I wish I could remember everything. I think because I remember they there was like brand new, like everything was perfectly like shiny and white and clean, and yeah. they had us singing about <laughs> frat boys. And it was it was that same night we because the song that night. John. Um, Paul was about to get in, a, in an argument with a bunch of them frat boys, and we were making fun of the people Paul was getting in a fight with. That's what it was. Man, I blocked all that out. You said you said front tuck. <laughs> I said front butt. You said front tuck. Now we're you, talking about I said front butt. You, <laughs> you said, said front, front tuck. <laughs> Everybody, one, two. <laughs> So, front front that's how songs get written. You don't want to. You don't want a front tug if you got a front butt. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> you don't you front tug even with a front butt. It's just par for the course. <laughs> beer for the horse. <laughs> Feed the horse some beer. Oh Lord, we're old. Wow, it's all good though. But anyhow, I was. Talking about when you went to uh, Portland on the train ride earlier, you were walking the streets of Portland and randomly out of the clear blue, you, you had on a Newfangler's T-shirt. And out of the clear blue, somebody passed you on the sidewalk, saw your T-shirt and stopped you and said, Dude, Newfangler's? Blood in the pines? Yeah, so, somebody, I think. And, uh, and you said, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I I played on it <laughs> or something. Yeah, like yeah somebody, that. somebody had referenced it. I think we got a couple friends that live in Portland, and I think it had eased its way up. And it's 
And the Fangler album is like the perfect album, just like where you have some friends over late and you're like, hey, check out this record. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Inbr- double inbred murder mystery. <laughs> double inbred. <laughs> double inbred. <laughs> I mean, it's like crazy. I mean, how do you, you can't, there's, you, you hear the, you hear Blood in the Pines one time, you want to listen to it, you want to share it with all your friends. Uh, it's dark. Listen how crazy and weird this one is. <laughs> No. So uh, this guy on the streets of Portland that you didn't even know, didn't perfect even know stranger, walked up and saw your uh, a Newfoundland shirt, and you always want to do that. Like, and, how do I know and, you? Or how do went, you know me? I remember or... you you posting it up on Facebook, yeah, the experience, yeah. and you said the hair is on my arm. I know this is creepy. <laughs> Stood mm-hmm. up. Did you ask him how he knew about? It? I, I did. I think we I think we told him. I, we shamelessly told him we were playing at a bar. The next night at this bar, I think it's called. Y'all got gigs while you were on vacation? Yeah, we did. Well, we went on vacation. We basically set up a tour like it was. We wanted to do a tour, a a show in San Fran, one in uh, Portland, and one in Seattle. And we ended up doing all, we ended up doing more than that, which was cool. But uh, why don't you ever do one in New York? What's up? I need to. Let's look it up. I've been telling. I've been. I kept. I keep telling Sean about it. You know. I think I. I, I ran into Vincent a couple of times in New York. CBGB. Uh, sne- sneaking off from a field trip that I. It's now a, It's now a John Varvatos uh, clothing store. Yeah, it's gone. But <laughs> CBGB. It's, yeah, but it's actually pretty cool. I actually met there John Varvatos there. Is he there was, anything classic left in New York? Oh, it's it's tough. Uh, for for that for for the kind of music, yeah, I mean anything. Uh, well, like if you're in, if you if you're still club. in the Bowery, if you're still in the Bowery, there there are a few venues that still have uh, music's yeah. music. Uh, there's still music Max's Kansas City was a New York club, mm-hmm. wasn't it? That's an, uh, an, I'm not sure an old. Yeah, yeah. this I'm is from sure way back '60s. Max's Kansas City, I believe that was a New York club. Studio Fifty Four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That hey, was you're talking about. Uh, I know uh, you're talking about some people knowing the Fangler music in uh, in Portland. Uh, yeah, the other day I was at my house or my mama's house. I've been at my mama's house for about a week, and uh, one of my friends <coughs> on Facebook sent me a message. She's like, "I'm going to take a picture of your mama dad's old house because it's pretty." And so she did and put it on Facebook. And then I was in Savannah, and I was getting all blowing up my phone. Um, that she was stuck and like, or she's calling me through Facebook Messenger, and I'm like ignoring it because I'm driving. And I was like, well, she's calling me like repeatedly. I might need to figure out what's going on. So I answered it, and she was stuck in the ditch. They got the soft sanded road or whatever. She got mm-hmm. stuck. So we called my dad to go fish her out of the dirt. And but when I called her, I, I mean, I've seen her on Facebook, but I'd never really talked to her. And she's like, my mama wants to say something to you. Because her mom was with her. She's like, when you're dead, you're dead, peckerhead. <laughs> and I'm like, my first thought was like, what is this woman talking about? And then I realized, John Prine, I realized Prine. I had, when John Prine died, I put a video of me singing When I Get to Heaven on there. Mm-hmm. And then she told me a story that one of their relatives, I guess it was their, one of their relatives had died in November. And they played my version of When I Get to Heaven at his funeral. Wow. And I just like, the same little hairs that came up on my arm when that lady said Fangler, the person said Fangler's in Portland was like, mm-hmm. man, what we do, we think it's just 
You know, we do it. Yeah, we you, don't even think don't about think. it. But this you person's they're playing my version of a song of one of my heroes yeah. at a funeral or for somebody that, you know. It's, That's pretty cool. So it's kind of cool. Every once in a while, music will do that to you and mm-hmm. put you in the right place or make you feel like you're doing something worth it. Yeah. Was uh, Ben Coppage in y'all's group or uh, your age group? Or uh, was my, he? My brother's age. Your brother's four, age. So four years younger than me. Okay. Yes, well, that kind of a story that you you were alluding to right there. Uh, I was at the old Golden Corral Creek one night, and uh, and uh, Ben and several others were on the stage. I can't even remember who it was, but whoever Ben was, <clears throat> must have been your brother, and another one. But it was after our. Um, try to think. Newfangler CD had come out, and anyhow, they said we'd like to do this song. Uh, it was written by that guy right back there. <laughs> you know, I was, I was sitting and said, "What the hell?" <laughs> and they did uh, my name. Oh, is that's Holly awesome. Shepherd. And I thought, shit, this is, it kind of it kind of blows you away a little oh, bit. Yeah, you know? I mean, it ain't nothing but. Uh, small town or Waycross, you know, but when you do something, when you write a song, you don't expect nobody else to be singing it. You know, you yeah. don't, you yeah. really don't think about that. It's like that mm-hmm. night where uh, we played, uh, or day we played at the Graham Parsons and Dukes of Glenn was playing and they were about to go on and they were all set up and ready to rock. And it started pouring down rain and we were under that tent when we were, remember we were oh, singing yeah, all the gospel yeah. songs. It was but on we're Sunday. Like, we're all about, Hung over halfway back to drunk, and um, old Noel was no rock and roll. Noel was singing a song, and I was singing, I know this. I, I, he's like, let's just play our set. So they started playing all their songs, and I was singing along to it. And I was like, man, I, li- I like this song. I, I don't, and I was in the back of my head, I'm going, I don't know what it is yet, but I know why do I know the words of this? Then I realized he was singing my song, Hell, I Love You. Damn. Oh, I was wow. like, this dude's singing my song. I don't even remember that song. Even, that was one of my I, I was like, I barely know this guy. And his, you know, with your Graham, you got to pick songs that are connected to Waycross or to Graham or whatever. They were there. They picked "Hell I Love You" as one of their songs. I was like, really cool. And then he's like, he, I, I don't think he knew I was what I was. I, we had this really cool bonding moment under that tent, like. These guys are playing my song and it's pouring down rain. <laughs> Under an easy. Then we started singing a bunch of Hank Hank Williams Senior song. <laughs> that was the day that Camo Jesus Camo Jesus came appeared. to us <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah, out of the rain I think I think that might be one of my favorite Grand Parsons moments. Kelly was that his name? Yeah, Kelly uh, Pike, uh, Scotty's buddy, Scotty's friend. Yeah, Scotty is. I think remember him he used to come yeah, to yeah. the festival. Yeah, Scotty. Uh, I think Scotty. Uh, Camo Jesus. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. He had a camo like, poncho, camo poncho, and he had looked just like Jesus. <laughs> no, that was—I think that was one of my favorite <laughs> memories from Graham Parsons. Yeah. And you think about all the memories we have from Graham Parsons. Oh Lord! But singing yeah. gospel music on a Sunday at Graham yeah. Parsons under a tent, uh, under that tent on the left side of the stage. There, and then that—and that's when Honey Blue had that girl with the Sorry. washboard mm-hmm. thing. Good times. Oh yeah. Is your court down in there? It's in there. Still Thank works, you, bro. B is for Baker's. 
So how long has uh, the Grand Parsons Festival been around? This year will mark our 24th annual. Wow. Okay. And when you, now I'm I count from my backyard in 1998 was the first annual. Oh wow! Now I called it at that point. I called it the Griffin Guitar Pool, but I had the guitar pool, and uh, where I where I got that from was Harlan Howard, the the legendary songwriter in Nashville, Tennessee, that wrote "I Fall to Pieces" and. Uh, I yes. got a tiger by the tail and all them great songs. Tiger I mean, by the tail. I just just wonderful stuff, you know. <clears throat> he is the the dean of country songwriters, and they used to have an annual party in his honor in Nashville. And uh, I reckon I'm drinking my neat too. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. That's how you do it, and. Uh, and I read about his annual birthday bash, and it was called the Harlan Howard Annual Birthday Bash and Guitar Pull. And I thought, yeah, that is a that two, words, two important. words just sound nice <clears throat> together. And uh, I've always attempted to find out uh, what the meaning of a guitar pull is, because when you put it, uh, you equate it to tractors and and. You'd pull them guitars apart. So it's, it's like pulling strings, I'm thinking. You know, people sitting around a campfire, sitting in a house or something in a circle, and it's called a guitar pull. Pull on this, you know. I always thought it meant like pull, like you take pulls off a bottle and pass it. I thought like <laughs> well, yeah, play a guitar and pass it. Pass I think we it, actually did that at your house pool. a couple of times where we'd play and pass it. Oh, yeah. yeah. We've done it there. And uh, we did it at your old two story house on Brunel Street. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We did that one day over there. That was right after Grand Parsons one year. It was. It was a Sunday. uh, Speaking of guitar pulls, I thought that those two words sounded so great together. I lived up in Athens at the same time. And I started doing those Thursday night guitar pulls at Caledonia and at the Hummingbird. Hummingbird, yeah. And random segue, like, 20-something years later, uh, back then we had just met Betsy Frank mm-hmm. and this girl named Kimberly Kimberly Morgan. I think she's Kimberly York now, but they could just both sing like crazy and had great songs. So the first couple guitar pulls I had that they played, and that's uh, she uh, Kimberly had a, a party at her new house, and Ray Wiley Hubbard played at it. I saw those pictures. Betsy, Betsy got to open up, and Paul Lee ran sound. It was like everybody there. I knew everybody there, and it was like this, this, hush, this just hush, private party. Yeah. It was really crazy. Did you see those? I did see yeah. pictures. I was very jealous. We had jealous. a guitar pool in her backyard with Ray Wiley. I was peanut butter and Ray Wiley. <laughs> Good Lord. No, but I mean, that just shows you how long ago it was, because I haven't. How When was it? It's probably been 20 years ago that, uh, no, no. that no. we had those guitar pools. Oh, okay. 10 years ago, at least. <laughs> okay. 15. Ray, Ray Wiley looks uh, uh, good. Yeah, he, uh, he. I mean, how old is the fella? He's got to be as old as me or older. Yeah, he, he's he's getting up there. We can Google it, I guess. Uh, but he I don't know. He uh, he looked damn good. He looked young to me. The he's, cool, he's been the cool thing out. on his face, the the look on his face, <laughs> talking about it, musical experiences. He's like probably played all over the, the globe and played for bigger. 
He's played everywhere, yeah, and he was at yeah, a pool party yeah. for about twenty something people. Yeah. He's like, "Where is my life these days?" But I mean, by the that well, night, if the money's there. He <laughs> had no, but he had like a great time, man. We were, we were hanging out with him afterwards, and he was just smiling ear to ear. Like I would, he was just. I mean, that's the way you got to be, man. You, you got to talk to him. Oh yeah, he was yeah. cool. Yeah. Seventy four. He's, he's seventy four. Wow. Okay. He, I, I wouldn't figured have he was that. a little older than me because he's accomplished so much. He wrote, uh, didn't he write "Rednecks, White Socks, Blue Ribbon Beer"? I think I think he's. Uh, I know I he wrote that. I think up he against wrote the that wall, "Redneck Mother." Or that was the one that he wrote. Up against the wall, "Redneck yeah, Mother." Redneck Mother. Yeah, we. Uh, I remember. I've met him a couple of times. I met. Him, we went to see him one time with Fester. And it was like, because me and Fester are like songwriting guys, big fans of the guy. And we went to see him, and it was he was playing like on a Tuesday, like a day of the week in Athens. And there was, I mean, he had a, he had a decent crowd, but like about the same size crowd as one of us would have on a Tuesday in Athens. Mm -hmm. But we got to meet him, and uh, it, it, uh, he said, uh, I told him that I sang that uh, dance at my wedding to that song with my mom. And he goes, that's so unfortunate. <laughs> no, nah, but he was cool. He told us to go see this guy named Bob Livingston. That was one of his buddies was playing a couple weeks later at this uh, even smaller bar. So we went to see him and Bob Livingston was doing all the little kind of Todd Snyder, like tell a story, play a song. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, yeah, everybody knows me. I used to play bass with Ray Wiley and Jerry Jeff back in the day. And I was there the night that, Ray Wiley wrote that up against the wall, redneck mother. He said he was standing, or they there was two bars across the street from each other, and one was like the hippie tree hugging, like I, my mother is beautiful. I love nature and all this Folk stuff. Music. And then the other other one across the street was just doing Merle Haggard covers, pretty much. And so he said, "Man, we're over here pouring our heart into our songs, and nobody's listening, and we're not making any money. Let's let's." put on a cowboy hat, put her hair up in a cowboy hat and go make some money across the street. <laughs> so he did that and he went over there and his, he said that it was run by this old redneck lady and these two inbred sons. And he basically got about halfway through his gig before they realized that he wasn't one of them. And they ran him out, got beat him up and threw him out in the street. And they got back over there to the coffee house and they're like, we need to write a song about them horrible people across the street. <laughs> and so they're just drinking, and then they're like, well, we'll never record it. And then Jerry and Jeff whoa. ended up recording it. And Ray Man. Wiley told us the other night, he said, Mother the who secret, has raised her son so well. Yeah, he said, the secret of songwriting, it ain't about the words or rhyming or the guitar parts. It's if you want to sing it for the rest of your friggin' life. <laughs> Every night for the rest of your friggin' life. Because you can tell he's not too fond of it after singing it twice a night for 30 <laughs> twice years. Night. Well, Ray Wilder Hubbard field trip is over. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Man. Let's take a short break and come back. Yeah. Yeah, folks, we'll be right back. Something in my brain won't let me stray. Something in my veins going to find its way. Something in the water taught me how to pray When the cold black water finds its way into your veins You'll 
folks, we're back, and uh, as you can see, uh, we are guitar ready, <laughs> and uh, we're going to do an, uh, a song that uh, Ty wrote. Now, Ty, <clears throat> tell us a little bit about this one. Uh, All right. Uh, well, actually, this, we were we we're jamming. We're, we got the guitars ready, but we're not really sure about the songs. But uh, from a songwriting perspective, me and uh, Sean scored tickets to go see Willie Nelson, I think, from Jimmy, mm-hmm. and we went up there. And I was like, we'll go, see, we'll go see Willie Nelson right outside of Nashville. And we had press passes, so we got to sit in the little gully between the stage and the crowd. And we just, I, me and Sean were already like, we're going to write a song. It's going to happen. We're going to do it. And we never did. We, and uh, I think at the time, I won't talk too politi- social or weird about us, but I think he was partying one way. And didn't, <laughs> he only smoked and I only drank. And so we were like, come on, it's Willie Nelson. Let's get together and meet in the middle. <laughs> and I think somebody, I don't know if it was him or me, but one of us came up with two wrongs and makes it right. And I was like, well, let's write a song about it. And then we never did because we had too much of two wrongs going and we didn't do it. I think we hid some, or we hid Jimmy's camera and walked down a dirt road to get home. And then we stole his truck to go see because Willie got done at like nine o'clock and so we're like let's go downtown Nashville yeah so we went downtown Nashville and we're bar hopping and everybody was playing the exact same set exact songs exact same way and we're like we need a we need something different and we ended up in some bar where these there's a poison cover band <laughs> there's like three people in there I think two Nashville. of them two of them beeline right to me and Sean they were girl, <laughs> girls about the size of me and Sean <laughs> I, I think real sexy i think back then one of them was trying to take sean home and i was like he's like i ain't going nowhere and i was like i was like i'll go home with one of them if you could talk the other one into going on with two wrongs make it right and we're like well shit there's a second that, verse that was the theme of the night the theme of the okay. night and then so somehow we never finished but, it we uh, never started it actually but the second line is they were big girls no but we Long story short, I'm driving home from Nashville. I called. I wrote the song in the car on the way home, and I called Sean and sang it to him. And he's like, "We're we're gonna record it. You're gonna record with the hookers. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be a hit." We even got the stanky leg Elvis Presley, Sean Clark stanky leg, and then I let Betsy Frank hear it, and she's like, "I want to sing it." And that was, and then it was. That's all she wrote. (laughs) Sean got X'd out. And I remember we were, we were sitting at a Nowhere Bar one time. I, mean, I got on the jukebox at the Nowhere Bar, and everybody's like, we're sitting there one night. We're like, someone gave the gave some money to go to the jukebox. Said, play a Betsy Frank song. And it came back and played Ready to Ride and Two Wrongs Make It Right. <laughs> like, okay. That's what Betsy does. She, she can steal your song on accident. So here's uh, But we're going to try to do it with the original person that I was going to do it with. And this is Sean singing Bessie Frank's part. And I don't know it very well. <laughs> okay. And uh, we got we wanted to jam, and so we're going to let Tang jump in with us. I've got cliff notes. They say I drink too much whiskey. And I smoked too much pot Lift the sobered up, they'd miss me Then I guess you better not Listen, I want all the other It's like bread on butter If they make you feel alright Let me tell you, friend When you double sin It makes for one hell of a night Oh, 
Cause sometimes two wrongs make it right Well, you know I don't and I usually won't But maybe tonight I might So smoke them if you got them Drink it till the bottom Don't you tell me how to live my life Cause sometimes two wrongs make it right She was a big girl And her sister was too They were dancing up on each other Like escape beasts from the zoo And to say the least they were both your type and neither one's worth the trouble but make it a double and I'll take them both home tonight oh cause sometimes two wrongs make it right oh thin as him let me tell you best friend they've been out for a long long time so smoke them if you got them Drink it to the bottom Don't you tell me how to live my life Sometimes two wrongs make it right Some things are meant to be together I trailer parks and bad, bad weather Picking Keith from the Rolling Stones Tell me why I'm knitting old George R.C. Coleman, Stale Moon Pie Daryl Hall and that other little guy Mel Gibson and Danny Glover Michael McDonald and the Two-Bit Brother Yeah You don't know me <laughs> Sometimes two wrongs make it right Tell me how to live my <laughs> life That's right Sometimes two wrongs make it right I said sometimes two wrongs make it right Singing like Ian Waycross I said sometimes two wrongs make it right <laughs> I think that was wrong twice enough to be right. <laughs> no, that was cool. Yeah, man. Y'all want to just that jam one, my... fake one? Yeah. Are we still rolling? Yeah, yeah just roll. keep, keep, keep the magic going. All right, here's the deal. Uh, COVID happened, all that pandemic crap, and I was like, I wrote a couple songs that were really depressing and sad, plus all my health bullshit and... It's like I'm gonna try to write a happy song, so I wrote this like really pretty music up high and like Ryan Adamsy sounding crap, and I was like, screw it, I want to rock, so I made a, <laughs> I changed it to a rock song. And you know, when you're a songwriter, you gotta like do that whole bounce it off somebody to see if they think it's worth finishing or if what they think. And so I, I sent it to Jason Chancy, and he's like, 
I think you got a good one, man. Maybe do a verse about being broke, but having love or whatever. And I was like, all right, cool. So he gave me a couple ideas and I, I came up with this and I don't even have a whole song, but since we're winging it anyway, let's try to, maybe we can come up with some magic. And I don't even know what to tell you how it goes because I'm still writing it, but roll with it. Here goes nothing. And I think I'm going to call this Blue Sky Sunshine. Is that a Sweetwater sticker? Yep. Man, I don't have ADD at all. Sweetwater bookmark. <laughs> and uh, I'd like to dedicate this song to my T-shirt because I've I've been hanging out with Blackberry Smoke too much. <laughs> all right, here we go. This one's just G, F, and C a lot over and over again. <laughs> all right. Roll I, don't even, I don't even know what key it's in, I guess. Probably G. Probably G. Where's Scotty when you need him? <laughs> all right, here goes another shut up to I sing.
think we'll you figure got out you a southern anthem. Later. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's well, like kind of that's worth after, getting going on, maybe. After agree with Jason Chancey on that. What you want to do? You want to fake a train song? Yeah. Let's see if we can pull off the rain, don't stop the trains. <laughs> you don't want to get on it? Which song is this? Old Barefoot Hooker song. Me and Scotty. Yeah, this song, I wrote this with Scotty and John Tonge and sitting at our, me and John lived together in Watkinsville. I'm going to just play a little feel stuff. Y'all want to, y'all probably heard it long, enough to fake to help me sing it, right? Yeah, I can jump in on this. Let's try it one time. I just realized it's the exact same song we just did. <laughs> Yeah. I only got one trick. They all start like that. I <laughs> see <laughs> so about to walk back down like hill and boom. Oh well the rain don't stop the trains in my heart. signals you've been sending tearing us apart well our love's bound to derail from the start oh the rain don't stop the trains in my heart well I was in Waycross, Georgia on my birthday and I rolled in on that old seaboard line And I saw you smile at me from the station And I knew deep in my heart I had to make you mine So I stepped up off that train to try to find you Drink myself upside down. Oh, well, the rain don't stop the trains in my heart. And those signals you've been sending tearing us apart. Well, our love's bound to derail from the start. Trains in my heart. Take it, Sean.
waking up hungover on a Sunday is like trying to find a room in Bethlehem and these northbound trains not the northern stars that guide me find you girl if I was a Budweiser man oh well the rain don't stop the trains in my heart and those signals you've been sending tearing us apart well our love was bound to derail from the in my heart Yodelay 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 <laughs> That's right That's right, yeah. there you go Trains Trains in Waycross Well, that's fun, y'all. That's cool. What we're going to talk about now. Y'all got any more music? I was raising the back. Check them out, babe. More music? Or... Two, are you? <sighs> I got one I'm working on, but I don't know if it's ready for any ears. But, uh, it needs a chorus. That's kind of important. <laughs> I got a new one that's really Leon Redbone-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. What? what uh, we'll just let. I mean, it I'll just. I'll just that chicken. <laughs> no. Try that chicken. That was funny though. Uh, you know how politically correct that is nowadays. <laughs> Ten. How fry that chicken might not go over well and. Oh Lord! Everybody's well, got to just take a step backwards and yeah. relax. You can't call somebody fatter. Yeah. You, chicken you can call me that. What is that there? Oh, okay. I thought there was something playing. In the beginning, good it overpower like the evils it of does. all man's sins. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, this working title here is Deep in the Ditches. Man. I made up that. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't even know what I had in my mind coming up with it, but uh, that riff reminded me of 13th floor elevators mm-hmm. Ro- Ro- Rory Ro- Rory Erickson or something like that right? Rokey Rokey Erickson right? R-O-K- R-O-K-Y but it's Rokey I think really? mm-hmm. his name was Rory uh, I've seen so many uh, documentaries on that uh, Austin wasn't it or Houston but I don't I, I listen to it it's, it's similar but I don't think it's a rip off but it, it was reminding me of something and I finally figured out it was that but but I hadn't heard that in so, many, so long that I don't know but anyway it's like it's hard to see the chords huh guys so, so that's like a C
You gotta scratch the dirt to make it work, darling This ain't no life for the poor disheartened Straight off the pages of an unspoken rhyme Deep in the ditches of a worried mind I'm going back to where this all got started Trash can rhythm of a washboard harlot Bring back the songs of the six string saints Bring back the rage of a teenage angst Trenches with a broken hearted Let's say a prayer for our dear departed You can't make it on look cause I tried Nobody's getting out this world alive Something yeah. It's got some fleshing out to do. Play something, Vincent. Play us something. Yeah, I know, but just play play the guitar to one. Play the guitar? I don't know. I mean... Would you rather play one that's... I mean, if you play... You can just jam. Do something you know I mean, we can do. We can do a... I can play... You can, I mean, I can play the chords and you guys will play lead to it. Yeah. Would you rather...
coaster basis. <laughs> Baker T is for turkey. Oh. <laughs> wow, turkey! <laughs> yeah, shit. This might be the deep end. Is it? Is it my birthday? Yeah. Going. Is it your birthday? Is it my birthday? It's eleven forty-seven. Eleven forty-seven coming out of the tie. Coming to the tie. Eleven forty-seven coming out of the tie. That was probably hurt. They're going to put an 1147 up my groin and fix my heart. 1147 coming out with a tie. Speaking with of 1147 which, going up my thigh. <laughs> Speaking of which, you you have had a history of heart issues. Yeah, yeah. Holes. Holes. In your heart. Yep, I got a hole. You wrote a song. I, I got a hole in my heart. No, he did. There's a hole in you. There's a hole in my bucket. There's a <laughs> hole in my heart where. No. There's a hole. No, that's a different song. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's a, the hole where your heart fell out is bleeding. The hole where your heart fell out is bleeding. That's the song you wrote. Wow, that's okay. de- that's crazy. The hole where your heart fell out. Is bleed. That's uh, that's that's a woman's private parts. The the hole where where her heart fell out, <laughs> and it's bleeding. <laughs> it was a country I song. A, I used to have a, a Warrant song. album. It's you know that band song. Cherry Pie? <laughs> good punk song. If you open up the album, like the vinyl record of Cherry Pie, it says she doesn't have a cherry but that's no sin because she still has the box the cherry came in oh. it says that when you open it up but you don't know that unless you listen to vinyl <laughs> you don't know that unless you listen to vinyl <laughs> she's not cherry pie okay. i bet you that freaks a lot of parents out yeah like people are like what the hell is he talking about <gasps> they get a lot of those moments <laughs> suburban mothers suburban mothers so what we're gonna do? Let's let's jam something that we all know. Well, we're gonna do a Dave song. Yeah, Dave. We do curl up and die. Oh, can we do curl up? We, we could probably oh, harmonize with it a little so bit. I had a mind up. Yeah, we could. You wanna play it? You play it? I sing it, or I play it? You sing it. 
We can uh, swap verses. I can do the second verse. You can do the first one. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> you work this thing. I'll Hold just let, I'll let you I'll let you play it. Yeah, let's see here. I got to figure out. <laughs> if, uh, that's, if that song that I played earlier uh, makes it onto the podcast, that that's the music to um, fuck breast cancer. Fuck breast cancer. Uh, I, I knew it sounded familiar. That's what it was. See, was that recording when he just said that? No, oh. I, got, I got audio. Were we recording that when when he just explained that? Yeah. Okay, good. Cause that's good. I'll let you play it, Dave. I'll just I'll just uh. I'll just sing it. I need to come forward here with this whole setup. Um, while we're I need to sit not while we're not recording, are you doing a tale of the week to end this? Well, I don't know if this is a deep end. <laughs> we had. After I the, guess we've already committed to After the break, it's been deep in. <laughs> but there's a big weight on there. I don't want to, like, actually. Oh, I got you. You turn it, just turn it out. Yeah, just Hey, but you know, this could end up, the first part could end up being an episode, regular episode. We can yeah. come We can come back and cap that off. Yeah. And all that jamming could end up on Patreon or something. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't know. Endless. Uh, I'm just talking out loud. Probably good enough to play. We'll figure out which... Maybe do one of them on the podcast or something. Yeah. Are you going to call the podcast Son of Wong's? <laughs> Did we even mention Wong's Palace? No, we Not haven't. Yet. Yeah, we need to talk about We need to talk about uh, Yeah, Wong's I want to do that. I definitely want to do that. I want to tell, tell my prom story on tape. Let's go old school, man. Salute to your dad. I feel swanky cool now with this microphone. Hello, hello, Christmas without you. Hello, 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 hello. Y'all ready? What, uh, where we at, Justin? Just go ahead and just start. Well, folks, uh, this is an old truck driving song I wrote in my garage. And I dedicated it uh, to my daughter. And, uh, Sean, uh, Ty put this on his uh, last album. <laughs> what was the name of that album? Empty House. And you can get it anywhere. Empty Albums House. are sold on the internet. And uh, Tangstash.com. <laughs> Tangstash.com. Ty Manning and the Slaw Dog Biscuits did a cover version of this song, but we're going to do it here today for you. It's called Curl Up and Die. 
curl up and die in my arms, little darling. Won't you curl up and die in my arms, little one? Cause your daddy is home and the full moon is falling. Stop weeping, stop weeping. Your crying is done. Your crying is done. I've traveled from Tampa to Tempe, wandered millions of miles. Well, I've seen wondrous things, but they left me half empty. Compared to your beautiful smile So won't you curl up and die in my arms, little darling Won't you curl up and die in my arms, little one Cause your daddy is home and the full moon is falling Stop weeping, stop weeping Your crying is done Your crying is That's a great song, Dave. <laughs> well, what are we talking about now, Daddy? Well, that's exactly it, Daddy's, uh, because there's a line in that song that says, "Your daddy is home." Yeah, and uh, I know that your daddy was one of the most amazing men 
<laughs> I don't know. I, I can't just say Waycross because he was he was uh, he was certainly far beyond that. Uh, your daddy, uh, Paul Tang, was uh, a figure here in Waycross, and and uh, the the restaurant. And I've heard so many people say it, and I can attest to this because I was a customer there. And from the very first time that I went in there, your daddy would greet everybody at the table. Mm. And uh, the second time I went in there, whether it was uh, a week, a month, or several later that I went back, he would come up to me again once again and say hello mr griffin <laughs> or, yeah he, he knew he you he remembered remember. he Everything. had he had what yeah. what you call a photographic memory or uh, i don't know can you can you relate to that in any way <laughs> uh, yeah, can no. you tell me can you tell me uh how being being the son being the son of this man, can I mean, you tell me how he did that? Because <laughs> this was... honestly, I, I don't. Because I mean, <laughs> okay. he he had the best memory. Um, yeah, it was amazing. It, for me, it's tough to even remember what I did last week. Sometimes, you yeah, know? Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I think it's because he was very he was a very considerate and caring person, you know. He was that. Um regardless of who he spoke to, um Yeah, I mean I mean he he made it uh personal. I think I think a lot of it is because of where he came from. Um and how he was able to connect with a lot of people here because he himself, you know, grew up in um kind of the rural areas of Hong Kong or outside of Hong Kong in the new territories, he was a, he was a farmer. I mean, he was a farm boy, you know, he, you you know, when you hear about, um, I'm going to go off on a tangent here uh, or growing up for rent, but, uh, you know how you hear about, I I guess for, for our generation, you have, uh, your, your grandparents would say, when I was your age, I used to walk, Five miles to the mm-hmm. bus to get to school and all that. Well, mm-hmm. that's what he did. You know, that was my pops. You know, um, he he lived out in the farm. He'd get up at five in the morning. You know, feed the the chickens, uh, the water buffalo, and whatever else that was going on. Like uh, we had a oyster farm, stuff like that. You know, he he lived in a farm. He grew up in a farm, mm. and uh, he had to travel far away to just to get to school and whatnot. But but he he was able to relate to a lot of people here because it's it's the same you know it's it no different and um, and that's and that's why he found it uh, you know this was his home he lived in New York for a long time and um, he knew that it was living in a city is tough and uh, he he enjoyed it but he he thought you know what is the best way to raise his family uh, and he thought. My both my parents, you know, this is something that it's it's got to be something that they're they're used to, and this is you know coming to Georgia, um, mm-hmm. coming away across. That was when they had the opportunity, they took it because this is something that he knew that this is he knew that he could 
raise a family like he used to. I mean, like he was in, in the same way that he grew up. You know, yeah. rural like where they were from. Very rural. Were you, were you born here? I was born in New York. New York, and okay. then he. Prior you know, to the, you were born prior to the move. Yes, sir. Yeah, and then uh, he. Uh, yeah, he had the opportunity to come down and, and, and take over the business here and and the we, business is Wong's Palace. I don't know if we yeah, said folks, that. Right? We hadn't we hadn't alluded to that yet, but uh there's this is a major, major uh um restaurant right here in Waycross that we've <laughs> loved for oh, yeah. years. Wong's Palace restaurant on Ninth Avenue. And as a matter of fact, they are a sponsor every year. Yeah, you said yeah. your daddy started this many, many years ago when you were a little boy. Yep. Well, at least uh, 24 years ago. <laughs> so, uh, uh, sponsor of the, the, the festivals that we put on right here. And uh, they feed all of the artists. And uh, we're grateful. So grateful for for your daddy's generosity, and it's carried on through the years. Your mama is is still with us, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. And, and, and where did it, they meet? They they met in Jersey, actually, in, in New Jersey. Because yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, even though they lived in New York, yeah. um, they had to commute to Jersey for work because yeah. work wasn't really easy to find back yeah. in the day. So. They they met at a restaurant in Jersey, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's uh, uh, they they came they came from Hong Kong at different times and yeah. uh, had awesome. their own paths, and then they 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 met mm-hmm. here in the states. Uh, and but, your but, mom is just as special. How did they how did they get to was it Douglas first and then Waycross or Waycross first? Yeah. So how did they, they know somebody here? Or? Yeah, because uh, the, the <laughs> they knew the people that. Uh, ran the business first. I mean, their last name was Wong, and so that's why the where that's where the name came from. Uh, so my parents were like, if the if if the business is good and then the people are it. familiar with the name, it's like if yeah. it ain't broken, don't fix right, it. That yeah. kind of thing. So I always tang, wondered where tang why it was called Wong. Tang Palace would yeah. sound a little well. Tang well, well, Palace well, my, kind of risque. But. Well, my my <laughs> uncle. I have an uncle uh, who who ran a business in. Um, a rent rent a restaurant in Sylvester, Georgia, and, yeah. they, and they they called it House of Tang. So of Tang. that actually sounds better than Tang's <laughs> Palace, you know. Yeah. Yeah. House, House of Tang. Tang, that's good. So, well, me growing up in the sixties, Tang was a uh, uh, drink, an orange drink, an right. orange drink. Astronaut, yeah, astronaut the drink. astronauts carried out yeah. in space with them. <laughs> It, and, and that's how I have to spell my name sometimes when I when people are asking me what's your name is like uh, Tang T N G like the juice box well, and so that's yeah. that's when they get it sometimes but yeah people it's but it's usually the older folks that understand <laughs> Tang not the, yeah. the younger generation yeah it was big yeah but back back to you know uh, my parents contributing to the to 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 all you know to the festival and mm-hmm. to a lot of the other organizations here. Um, they were very, they're very, um, they're, they're really all about community and that's why, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they did the things they did and, uh, you know, they, they wanted to be a part of this community and, and, and in order to do that, it's, you know, it's to, to be able to help others. And so mm-hmm. that's, and that's what he really instilled in us kids as well. And so whenever we come home, it's, uh, uh, it, it doesn't feel foreign to me or it doesn't feel different you know even though i live in the big city i, I always look forward to coming home 
mm-hmm. for a you know a certain yeah. amount of time. But yeah, I've got to. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's just like I I, I look back and I see how much uh, they've, um, how much of a, a community that that they've made for themselves as well. And mm-hmm. so it's a. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's 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 honestly it's kind of sometimes it's tough to come home because this is something that um it reminds me of my pops all the time you yeah, know yeah and the people that he's he's known because i mean he you know he was yeah. a talker he knew a mm-hmm. lot of people yeah. you he, know he, he could have definitely he could have got elected if he ran oh yeah yeah he could run for office but no, uh, he, that wasn't he, him. That wasn't his. You know, that yeah, wasn't his yeah. thing. It was more no, like no, just no, no. he. He, he adopted. Be, he did more uh, by not being in that. He, yep. He adopted people too. Like he, he yeah. definitely adopted me and John and all yeah. all of our little clique of friends. Yeah, and, and that and, was the and, thing. It's it like was, even folks at the the restaurant. If you look at the the people that were that grew up working at the restaurant, these these kids back then, now adults, they still come back and. Even they they come yeah. back and help out because I mean we my parents were all about education the family and education education was always like a priority and so I, I wasn't like his kids weren't the only ones that got that lecture or received that lecture from my pops it's like mm-hmm. it's always um, you know they they took that time to to really try to influence the people that worked at the restaurant and mm-hmm. say you you can you can always learn and succeed and as, be, as long as you better. make the effort. Right. And, uh, and that's why whenever they come home they're they always come, come back to the restaurant and well, that's true. say hello. But it, and it's the same thing with, you know, even my friends, you know, like, like Ty just said, you know, but even people that I don't even see in, in such a long time, you know, Sean, you know, like, that's mean, where I ran into you just yeah. going to get some pick takeout. I was like, yep. yeah, we got to have it at least once a week. <laughs> yeah, that, I, just, talking about a, recently y'all ran into each other yeah that's time. how we got to yeah. talking about yeah, no, we just, had, he was up there and i was like this last, last week and i yeah. was like yo yeah we had the little family reunion in the parking lot or the other day too yeah it was like two days after you came by he showed up <laughs> yeah i was like all right well let's, hey, let's play some music you're talking know? about him uh donating food for the music festivals i come down here uh, probably came i probably played at least three-fourths of those things and i'll be yeah. trying to talk my band into like hey y'all want to go down to waycross i know it's five hours away and it's gonna be crazy hot and all but they're like we're gonna get that chinese food again <laughs> Walks palace i was like probably yeah we'll probably get to meet the guy and hang out with him <laughs> it was always awesome yeah. i want to tell him this i should tell him the story about the prom do it <laughs> i got a i went to, i went to high school in brantley county and the girl I was dating, we had the prom for Brantley County. It was like 1990. And this is long before I met Vincent or John or anybody. And this prom was on St. Simon's, but my my date wanted to eat at Wong's. So we drove from <laughs> mom's Bonneville all the way to Waycross. We ate at Wong's at like maybe 4 o'clock. We had to eat early because get all the way back to St. Simon's. And we're in tux. I'm in a tuxedo with my mullet and my mustache and uh we're eating and his dad comes out and he's like you are looking too nice here you i have to take your picture and so we took a little prom portrait and he made a stand like you do at the prom with like behind each other and stuff and he took a polaroid picture and he hung it on the wall and i think he wrote brantley county or he wrote prom on there 
And then I told my mom, and the next time we went up there, it was hanging on the wall. It hung on the wall for a long time. And then, like, cut to, like, seven or eight, five or six, however many years it was till I met Vincent. And I, I get back in the restaurant. He's like, yeah, we had to go eat at Wong's. That's where my, my mom and daddy work. And we went up there, and his dad, the first thing he said to me, is Bradley County Prom. <laughs> <laughs> you remember me? I like. Oh, how was he going to remember me? From, I don't know. That's just like, great. Plus, I look totally different. I mean, I look. I went from looking like Ralph Macchio to looking like Silent Bob. <laughs> I was wondering if you had the the, the blonde tips or the, the blonde. Yeah, I look like the, the not so slim shady. <laughs> there are people that uh, that are capable of doing that uh, of of. Of remembering, you know, and and when they you're one of them, not like that, not to that level. That level is when you when you pair that with uh, entrepreneur and a business establishment, you pair that. That's like recipe for success, you know, <laughs> because everybody likes to be remembered, you know, and. Uh, your daddy is well remembered, and by me anyhow, and I know I can speak for uh, everybody in this town. Yeah. He left an impression upon everybody that that he touched, and I'm sure he left an impression on you because you're carrying on with the with the amazing eighties ladies doing the <laughs> doing Women. the doing the benefits and stuff. You've got the same heart inside you that your mm-hmm. daddy did and that's absolutely wonderful for this world mm-hmm. yeah. you need to tell us what you're up to now man that's what we were we ain't hung out in a while yeah man share with the world what's well, it's been so in, you're in new york now yes sir been in uh yeah well i've been there for almost uh 14 and a half years yeah. but uh yeah i mean it's been tough like but um like you said my, my, my dad was a bit of a big influence on me and, uh, you know, I, I did a lot of things that I could do. He, he taught us a lot about love and compassion and, you know, mm-hmm. community and the importance of, you know, of that. And so I, I, I try to carry that with me even, even in New York because even though I'm from there, I grew up here, you know, and I grew up with the values that my parents instilled in me, but also the values that this town has instilled in me, you know, like, we're, we're very much the same, uh, mm-hmm. in those, in those ways. Um, and, and the values are the same. And so, um, aside from the, the benefit shows that we used to throw, uh, back in a town in, in Atlanta, um, you know, it's just being a good human being. Uh, and, and so that's what I did. You know, I continue to remind myself of that. And so if you're talking about recently, if you want to, if you're asking about recently, um, you know, I, not going to get political, but, um, you know, you've, you've, you've heard, I don't know how much of news that you hear about, um, about across the country these days here, but there's been a lot of anti-Asian hate crimes that's happening. Yeah. And so I've seen it in the news. Yeah. And and it's been pretty intense, um, for a lot of people and it's caused a lot of fear and concern, uh, with families, you know, they're afraid to come out. And so, I've I've been to a few rallies, um, you know, trying to listen to people to speak up, speak out. I've actually been involved as well, mm-hmm. but you know, just like anything else, to a point, you you get your you 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 find some comfort, or you find 
uh, I, what's the word? I guess you do find some comfort that people are talking about it or, uh, you find some, you, you, you find like you, you find support, but at the same time, people continue just to talk, but there's no action. No um, action. And so for me, uh, I've, I've been seeing a lot of that and, uh, I've, I've noticed a lot of that. So what I've been trying to do lately, I used to do a, a practice group. I, I practiced martial arts on and off, uh, since mm-hmm. I was a kid. And so since I've been up in New York, I've always met up with different people who's had some backgrounds in martial arts, um, or no, no, no background at all. And so I used to do this, uh, practice group in the park anywhere, usually around my neighborhood. And we learn, you know, mostly just boxing, kickboxing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I took a break for a while because of the pandemic. Uh, but with the, the recent hate crimes, I restarted that and, but focusing more on uh, teaching self-defense to, uh, you know, for women and, and elders. Mm-hmm. And so I figured, you know, that's great. Talk is just talk, you know, you, yeah. you got to put things into action. And so I'm just trying to help the community and in, in doing that. Well, so it's been a small group, but um, I'm hoping to expand that once I get back, back up cool. to New York. I, hate, yep. I don't want to call it a bigotry because I think it's more like stupidity. Yeah. You know, uh, this current rash of uh, violence that's going on, you know, it's just uncalled for, totally uncalled for. And uh, I applaud anything that anybody is doing out there to make it right, to set it set it right, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> We're fighting an uphill battle because these people are really stupid. Yeah, you know? I, yeah. I mean, and, and it's 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 a problem. It is a problem, definitely. And and I feel like there's, I I don't fault. Uh, there's just so much that's going on. Everybody with with everything that's happening right now yeah. uh, with this pandemic, but it's it's there's been a lot of division yeah. even within our own communities. People are so frustrated with what's going on, they kind of lose themselves. And so, you know, uh, you know, with, in addition to stupidity, they, I think there's just a lot of people that are lost and they need guidance and we're not getting enough of that. Yeah. And so they're just quick to um, quick to react or respond in a way where maybe maybe it's something that they that's not uh, that that they are that they would that they would inherently do or or, or whatnot, but uh, it's it's just the way that the leadership that we have, you know, there that's we're we're not getting enough of the 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 right guidance or right actions, mm-hmm. you know, and so um, people are stray away from yeah, that, or a, you know, they're just so caught up in their own there, right? their own their own issues, and they, they want to take it out on others and, mm-hmm. and whatnot, and so. Um, but at the same time, they they we're all adults here. You know, you you should know what's right and wrong. Yeah. And you yeah. know, they 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 should be held accountable for for what they do. You know, there mm-hmm. shouldn't be excuses. You know, yeah. with that said, you know they mm. they are still responsible for what they do, and um, there's just no accountability these days. And so, mm-hmm. I think we have to try harder to make sure that they are being held accountable, mm-hmm. and that's our responsibility. You Agree know, with as that. a community, you know. Yeah. If yeah. we could all, we could. I gotta, 
can I play a song? I got a I got a core a, a verse that we could finish. That sound this is like a song right now. Yeah. Wanna take this one? Uh, either one, it wait, don't matter. Wait, wait. Okay. I was watching I guess I gotta get this mic near me. I was watching uh all this world the world pretty much implode over the pandemic. And I was like, let's write a song. This I think the secret is everybody just needs to be nice to each other. Everybody's being stupid. Mm-hmm. And I can't. I don't. Have, I only got a verse here, but and then after I wrote it, I realized I wrote "Let It Be." <laughs> <laughs> I wish everyone would play nice instead of wetting their appetite. Oh, a thing that just ain't right. Will we ever learn? Even if we all disagree, it's cool to have a little empathy. Not just friends, but our enemies Before we crash and burn Birds of a different feathers Sing all kinds of songs Though we've got to learn together Playing the right, the wrong So it's plain to see We'll never be free Without we Let it be That's all I got I thought you nice. said without weed Without weed That might help You're the third person that said without weed They should have crop no, dusters just go over everybody I forgot I wrote that till What was I mad talking. about? I can't remember There you go Dave, finish it uh, I give you all the weed I have <laughs> <laughs> Which ain't much. We just changed the the constitution. To you got weed. some weed from nineteen ninety three. Weed the people. That's what the United Weed Stand. Weed the people. Weed the people. No, well, fun. if we could all just sit down around the Mugu Guy Pan <laughs> and uh, ride a beetle, couple of couple of egg rolls. Yeah, or tell us about this agrolitos. other word you got. <laughs> agrolitos. <laughs> I, I, no, I just, I just kind of made it up. Um, I think Sean mentioned you were talking to Sean uh, Justin about coming over to hang out, and I was like, and, and Justin's like, the son of Wong's plays guitar or something, something like yeah. that. That's how I took it. It's yeah. like, 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 like Sean said, uh, it sounds like a Quentin Tarantino movie. The it's son like, of yeah. Wong's it's palace. Like, Wong. Yeah. I was like, the son of Wong's yeah. palace returns. Yeah, he returns. Yeah. Previ- <laughs> previous in search for in a long journey, the search for the best egg rolls and burritos. Yeah. Little, little to realize. The, the, the Why not just make? Egrolitos. Egrolitos. Patent pending. The sequel could be Tang Stash. You heard it here. The return of Tang Stash. Egrolitos. Egrolitos. That sounds like yeah. a. Oh, it could be somebody's name. Egrolitos. 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 Sounds like a band. That's a song we need to write. You got a You got a tale of the week to go with any of this dude. mess? Dwight hey, Well, kind of, sort of. Hey, 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 We've been talking all night long about uh, being. Uh, happy birthday. Oh, it's oh, happy birthday, birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. 
Happy birthday, I'm old. Tyrus. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Tyrus. Cheers. Salud. I made it to 50. I ain't, got, I ain't got a thing in my cup, but I'm going to toast you anyhow. Here, have some of this. Do we have a bottle here? Yes. Yeah, you talking? Hey, my mom, my, do- my mom's daughters told uh, told her that I wouldn't live past fourteen. I think they were right mentally, but uh, <laughs> now I'm look fifty. At so you. hey, who cares? Now look at you. They said you shouldn't live past like <laughs> she should have done something about it. <laughs> he should not live past fourteen because it's gonna be trouble. He was not raised right. <laughs> Because of the heart condition? Yeah, I was born with a hole in my heart, and they said I probably wouldn't live past puberty. And I think I've had about 14 puberties. You've been pubic as long as as I've known you. I'm good at pubic speaking. I mean public speaking. Well, folks, it's time for another tale of the week. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Thanks, Dad. From my Uncle Dave Griffin, you can get this book by calling me at 912-855. You can uh, actually, if you want a copy of this book, I'll autograph it for you and send it, send it to you. If if you'll just uh, uh, email us at uh, somethinginthewaterpodcast at gmail.com. But folks, right now, right now, we're going to do this tale of the week. And I'm going to put my reading glasses on. Dollar General. Uh, Dollar Tree. $1. Throughout my musical years, people have constantly told me who I remind them of. Porter Wagner. (laughs) Back in the 70s, it was Maurice Gibb of the Bee Gees. I'll take that. (laughs) I strolled into Hoagie's Bistro across from Valdosta State College in 1976 and the owner, Mickey Gilbert, told me, Man, you look like Al Pacino. Only time I heard that one, but I'm okay with Serpico. By the 80s, I had become to some the lookalike of Lee Greenwood or Joe Bonsall, the tenor singer for the Oak Ridge Boys. I just soon not <laughs> I just soon not look like either of them, but I guess I do. It wasn't until the 90s that people began comparing me to Tom Petty. Now, there's a doppelganger I can be proud of. Musically, Thomas Earl Petty is a hero of mine. Much admired for his songwriting, production, and musical sensibility over his career. The comparisons are many. We grew up in southern towns only two hours apart. He in Gainesville, Florida. Me in Waycross, Georgia. Like my natural brother, who was born in 1950, three years later I came along. As a musician and songwriter, I'm no Tom Petty. In musical taste, we both loved Elvis, the Beatles, the Birds, and Graham Parsons. It was my daughter, Megan, a fan from the age of 10, after I presented her with his greatest hits CD for Christmas in 1993, Megan proclaimed, Daddy, you look like Tom Petty, and convinced me to attend a Halloween costume party dressed as him. She was right. So was my fellow postal worker, Karen Sunshine Woodard, who often said the same. In the image of Tom Petty, I have won several contests. 
paid tribute and song on the stage of King's Bar and Treehouse Lounge in Hilliard, Florida, and most recently portrayed him playing sitar while straddling the back of a black and purple spider in a music video by my songwriting buddy, Ty Manning of the Slaw Dog Biscuits. <laughs> so a couple of years ago, my son and Slaw Dog Biscuit drummer, Connor Griffin, inquired if his mom and I could drive him north to Buckhead, Madison, Georgia, to take part in the video version of Ty's original song, Tom Petty Song. That was the name of it, Tom Petty Song. We enthusiastically agreed, and come Sunday, October 14th, we loaded the car down with Connor's drums and hardware, colorful wigs and costumes, and Aunt Lynn's hula hoop creations, setting out on Highway 441 for a leisurely stroll to Buckhead. When Ty Manning is not playing music or writing songs, he is a celebrated art teacher, loved by his students at Morgan County High School in Madison, Georgia, who returned from fall break to brand new learning facilities on Monday, October 16th. <laughs> this is all about two years old, <laughs> isn't it? A long time ago. What? Two or three. Two or three. The Tom Petty song video shoot was scheduled for the same ev evening amid the black and red polka dotted walls of Ty's old art classroom located in the former high school building. Tom White, videographer and digital media instructor for Morgan County, began setting up his gear around 7.15 as Connor unpacked and stationed his drum set, and Aunt Lynn worked feverishly with a hot glue gun, doctoring a rip in my vintage 1800s period frock coat. Just one piece of my prized Tom Pitty outfit. That frock coat was straight from the Civil War, from the 1800s. I bought it at a Civil War reenactment years ago. The velour top hat was straight from Walmart. <laughs> and the blonde wig was straight from Walmart. Uh, courtesy of my sweet daughter. Won't you curl up and die? <laughs> Completing the get up is my old mid-70s down-home band with Andy Middleton Tucks shirt festooned with black ruffles down the front. A reproduction of the original Graham Parsons and Fallen Angels t-shirt and a knockoff pair of black Chuck Taylor Converse tennis shoes and some far-out sunglasses complete with corny, cornea scratches. Colitis. Colitis. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Mr. Manning had one of his former students line up to play the part of Alice in Wonderland, but she came down with a mysterious ailment. <laughs> she went down a rabbit hole and couldn't make it, <laughs> forcing Ty to call on a couple of his current art students, Anna Nelson, yes. who admirably played the part of Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz, <laughs> and Skylar Sewell, who Aunt Lynn fashioned into a trippy hippie a la Woodstock. The fog machines were set off, and Tom Petty song blared out of a small set of PA speakers as Tom White trained his cameras on close-ups of Connor drumming the way to the music. I got the video treatment next aboard the back of Charlotte Spadler, 
spider cradling an authentic Indian-made sitar. The rest of the band arrived, Adam pooling on fiddle or violin, depending on which side of the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> Derek Warren, son of Vicky Wallace, on bass guitar and guitarist keyboardist Scotty the Correct Effect Nicholson, <laughs> pride of Warner Robbins, and train lover. <laughs> and uh, train and uh, Toby Keith lover. <laughs> Horse, horse bartender. <laughs> horse bartender. And the next 30 minutes were spent taking full band shots along with individual slaw dog biscuit close-ups and more footage of Anna and Skylar dancing around the room and Aunt Lynn hula-hooping to the music. With visions of Tom Petty's Don't Come Around Here No More in my head, I hope I did musical hero justice. Another legendary figure, John Lennon, said that the best songs were written in the shortest amount of time. I don't know if that holds true for music videos, but the entire session was wrapped by 10 p.m. And all good things come to an end. Kind of like the Mad Tea Party ride at Walt Disney World and live Tom Petty concerts. They all must come to an end. Rest in peace, Brother Earl. That was awesome. <laughs> that was well, awesome. That Dave. video is pretty awesome too. He, and uh, I I'm think, glad you write, wrote you, that all down. Can you pull that up? You remember all those that's, uh, that's what all I'm those saying. names? That's... Tom White name drop, Anna Nelson name drop, Skylar Sewell name drop. Oh hell, I I, I wrote that. That, right that video did come it, out pretty I cool. I wrote it right after it happened. That's why I know all the names. But that that video is is right there on. Uh, it's on the YouTube. On YouTube. Yeah, you can pull it up. Time there. Man and Music. Subscribe and I'll you'll get to see a video about once a year. <laughs> hey, but, and uh, uh we'll Can get... I do drugs on cameras? I, I'm already about an hour late of doing my blood pressure pills. Do it, store it. Do it, it, do do it, it on it, camera. Man. Man. Can you well, start it? We're just folks, gonna call it. We don't uh we don't subscribe to this, but uh, we will allow it on this episode. <laughs> Let me go get them. Oh, okay. I'm serious. I got to do drugs. I'm about I thought, late. I thought you had them in your pocket. That would be shady. Well, I think we were cl- we were wrapping it up anyway. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> folks, right we're now we're out. I gotta go before, do drugs before before <laughs> Ty goes and does his drugs. And as we, we we would. Love to say thank y'all, first and foremost. Yeah, yeah. Damn good to have you. Yeah, well, thank y'all. Thanks for this. This and and yeah. Vince, it was a ple- pleasure learning all about uh, the history and and uh, where it where it kind of combines with us and everything. Uh, Here's the song I did. Here's the song we got. A- Paul Tang and Tom Petty are in. Wherever you go when you die, eating egg rollitas, writing a song about how we should all be better people. Oh. That's the song you got to write tonight, Dave. <laughs> there, there it is, folks. And he's given me the assignment. And uh, by the next uh, egg rollita, my morning water podcast, gonna, we'll we'll have the answer to that. They're gonna wonder if you're taking T- other drugs and hard drugs <laughs> here. TP and PT. Making egg releases. <laughs> TPPT. 
Tom Petty, Paul Tang. There you go. <laughs> so we will have a, a song written by the next podcast oh. regarding this. Yes, Dave will. <laughs> <laughs> it might show up on the deep end. So there you go. It's just another reason to subscribe. It ain't but $5, y'all. And Patreon. Uh, the Patreon account is a $5 monthly subscription fee. And Lord God... It's it's different from from our uh, regular uh, podcast, and we go a little bit off the deep end. Since that's <laughs> what it's called, <laughs> go something in the water, you know. Yeah, there's something minute. in the water of the deep end, and uh, we encourage you to take advantage of that. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on there, you know, a lot of giveaways, and uh, you can win prizes and such. Shallow minds in the deep end. <laughs> That's exactly right. And, uh, when is this video going to come out on the internet? Tonight uh, will probably be about uh, August first, mid. I got August. I got a gig do, August sixth or August fifth. Southern mm-hmm. Brewing Company in Athens with Dang Fly and the Royal Velvet. Or you do August fifth. And which thanks is for my coming birthday. to my show at Nowhere Bar, July thirty first. Mm-hmm. Y'all were awesome. Or it's coming out on your birthday. <laughs> That's how you do it. That's show business. <laughs> and I'm playing the Graham Jam. That's coming up in October, right? Coming up soon. October Man. 21st through the 23rd. I'd love to try to get Attractive 80s Women back. That would be awesome. We'd love to. Ha- no, y'all would be a Swamp Town Get Down fit. That's <laughs> where yeah, yeah, y'all would fit. Y'all, 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 and that would be awesome. And I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say, I'm going to make that happen. Yeah, do it. Yes, you have to convince. Mac, you yeah, got to yeah, this. Do Mac. it. We got Mac Rally Williams. the troops. Mac Williams. We got Patrick Robert Tate. Williams is, is going to be a sponsor. Rob He's going to pay for y'all to come Chris. down. And be like, Mac, <laughs> Mac, Mac. <laughs> but we'd love to have that. Folks, thank you all for watching again. We appreciate it. Yeah, Love y'all. We'll see you the next time. Hey.